Yep, 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 yep. Welcome back to Talking Knicks. It's your guy, Talking Jake, today. I'm going solo. Uh, we'll see how that ends up. Might end up with me being a straight mop and just crying uh, for a while. We're going to do a little bit of Kobe stuff, or I'm going to do a little bit of Kobe stuff. Uh, I'm not going to deep dive, but I, I mean, it's the story. It's uh, it's kind of everything, um, even a couple days later. Uh, just so so many tough emotions on it. And I'm going to do a little segment on the Knicks. I, I've been a little bit detached on the Knicks lately. Um but yeah, I'm going to dive into some of the stuff coming up. We're like a week away from the trading deadline, so we're we're going to be doing more of that on Talking Knicks. And uh yeah, let's let's just get into it. Let us let us talk Knicks. All right. How's everyone doing today? Uh I think we're doing better as a society. Uh man, that Sunday will go down as one of the weirdest and worst sports days in history. Um, I know I I talked to the Talking Knicks guys for planning on recording. Uh, pulled the plug on it a little bit. I, I think it was the consensus, but my, my thinking was, and part of what John Boy Media has been about uh, to a good degree in the, the rise of Talking Yanks and everything we do is uh, we're available. And and you've seen it on here, too. When the Chris Dapps trade happened, <laughs> I was in the mountains. I was on a I was on a ski trip with some buddies, and it wasn't even a question. It was like, yo, let's, let's get the mics going and talk about this. Um, and Kobe was the story. I mean, Kobe was the story at the Grammys, which shows a lot about who he was um, and the impact that he had. And I I didn't want us, because it was lining up right with our recording time, um, I genuinely didn't want us to be the people out there that are like, hey, Kobe Pot is up. Because uh, that just feels like you're trying to capitalize on it, and that's not what we're about. I mean, we I love podcasts. <laughs> I uh, Podcasts are the only thing I listen to when I work out, which is clearly so often. Um, and... I don't know, like, I have these funny moments now where I'll be in my kitchen and I'm cooking lunch or doing whatever I'm doing, and it's it's quiet. Like, I just don't throw on the TV as much as I, I used to anymore. And it's funny, like, I almost <laughs> like that podcast voice talking to me. And again, this is where it gets tricky, because, hey, I'm, I'm sure some of you are like that, and thank you so much for listening and leaving reviews and interacting with us on, on Talking Nicks and everywhere you can interact with us and you know I'm, I'm sure some people would have loved that and, and liked it as you know kind of the coping mechanism Alicia Keys was so awesome at the Grammy so eloquent and she said it the best how the you know all the people performing that night like that's brutal but what it comes back down to in its roots is that's what they do I mean they perform that's when we watch them we we get away and that's you know, sports and everything and, you know, even talking Knicks to the smallest degree for some of you and some of us. And that's that's why I'm not going to fully deep dive on Kobe because I know uh, the other guys, I mean, Tommy, Ken, Greg, Big Baby David, uh, we use talking Knicks as an outlet of sorts, especially for talking Knicks, because sometimes you got to let the steam off. Uh, but with Kobe, I, I know those guys are going to have their thoughts, too. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll just get a couple pieces in. And I think w- one of the funnier things to me was, uh, 
it was just as sad as it gets. Um, obviously, with anyone passing, but when they're young and uh, when they're a family and, you know, Kobe and Gigi and the other family on the helicopter, the other people, nine people in total, it's as sad as it gets. There's no real other way to say it, and I don't, I don't need to dive into that aspect of it. Um, I think there was an interesting thing that a lot of society went through, and it, it's, it's a genuine question, and it was almost... Like, why are we this sad? Like, you know, o- only so many of us had, you know, personal relationships with Kobe Bryant. Um, you know, <laughs> obviously not myself. We, uh, me and Jimmy John Boy did a celebrity softball game uh, a couple weeks ago, and we thought there was a chance we'd see him. We did not. Uh, he was there the year before. Uh, but it's just kind of this weird thing because you start cycling through all these thoughts uh, when there's sorts of grief going on, you know, spending time with your loved ones and, uh, you know, not holding grudges. I mean, the the Shaq stuff, I mean, talk an, another larger than life person who's just been brought to his knees. And I, I think so much of it is, you know, part of the, part of them is going to be remembered as their uh rivalry or whatever teammate rivalry or whatever they went through and uh i mean almost you see Shaq getting more emotional cuz he's happy that he's he's mended things over the years and he's apologized to Kobe and um you know they refer to each other's family as nieces and nephews and stuff like that but it's we we don't know how to react and i think the bigger thing uh, with Kobe is, you know, I, I want to look into this a little bit and I, you can do a power of sports thing and all of that. And I, I, I think the big, and I'll, I'll, I'll say some main things you guys may have heard and maybe you haven't. Um, uh, I know Bill Simmons had a big one for me was that it, his Kobe came with the internet. Um, and, uh, you know, if you want to go listen to him, go listen to him. I'll, I'll always encourage that. But uh, it, it really is true. I mean, you could go watch Kobe highlights at any time. Um, he was accessible. And I, I think what we've done with the dumb Jordan, Kobe, LeBron debates over the years, uh, you know, we, we, we ignore it. And it, kind of rightfully so, because Kobe's someone we thought we were going to see when he was an old man and he was going to be this Bill Russell figure on the sidelines uh, of different NBA events and stuff like that. And it's, it's still shocking. Like I, I brought up Kobe's, uh, Wikipedia today, uh, just to see if there was any other like Knicks related stuff that, that should be talked about. Cause you know, he, at the time he had the most, the most points by an opponent in the garden. Um, I mean, he's just Kobe and you look at, I, I brought up the Wikipedia and it had the, you know, born and the dead under it and it's like oh my god like it's there's still these moments where it just doesn't process um but we we saw so much of Kobe and Kobe had so much of a personality that we wanted he had that alpha uh he had the if you hate me cool like good (laughs) I'm fine with that um and he's it was Kobe and it I, I I think the other thing that I really wanted to touch on was well, Charlotte Wilder had a really good quote. I was sending this to everyone because uh, she's a SI reporter. She said a couple things that uh, she just phrased it in a way I couldn't. It was, you know, he was untouchable, omnipresent, and larger than life. And I think you say that with a lot of people, but you you really don't know what it means until it happens. 
Um, and, you know, you could go social media numbers and stuff like that. Kobe was bigger than the Lakers in a lot of ways, um, in a lot of ways. And uh, I'll I'll just kind of and end it with my story. Uh, it's well, <laughs> I went to the park with my dog as like a just get away, uh, thinking I'd end up in deep thought about life or something like that. I just thought about Kobe the whole time uh, sit, sitting there with my dog as uh, a family came up and took a picture with my dog. That was pretty weird. Uh, and that was definitely a weird moment while I was like kind of being emotional, everything, and then just broke down during the Grammys. But uh, my favorite story is a story that's out there. If you haven't read it, um, you have to. Uh, it's his Team USA workout story. If you if you have, you don't mind me telling it again, and I'll just do the spark notes. It's, a, it's an awesome story. Kobe's with Team USA, and he meets one of the team trainers. First time meeting him, and uh, Kobe gives him a call at about 3 a.m., the trainer was like, "Yeah, I stayed up late. I was I was watching some dumb movie at like 2 a.m. I was I was fading off." He gets a call from Kobe. Kobe's like, "Hey man, you uh you around?" And <laughs> the trainer's like, "Yeah, dude. I mean, <laughs> you're Kobe. You're Kobe Bryant." And <laughs> so they go to the gym at like 4 a.m. Kobe's already there, lathered up in a sweat, getting it going. They go through just workouts and training and, and, you know, all of it for a couple hours. And then, you know, Kobe's like, hey, <laughs> I bid you would do. You could go get some rest. <laughs> Trainer goes and, like, sleeps for two hours, and then they have Team USA practice. Kobe got a lift in, and then after that, I think the number was 800. He wanted to make 800 shots, I think in, like, three hours before the team practice. Um, and, yeah, I don't think these are setting up next to the hoop <laughs> and making layups and going one, two, three, four, five. Uh, and it ran up to the practice that, that same day or however many hours later we are now. And it Kobe did, Kobe did the craziest, most intense workout you can imagine doing before a Team USA basketball practice. And and there's so many stories like that. That one just jumps out to me, and I, I don't think it could ever be shared enough. Um, and it's crazy that we're sad this many days later um, in all of it. So uh, I don't know. If you, if you see any of the Talking Knicks guys on the Internet, myself, uh, Tommy P, Big Baby David, the Talking Knicks accounts, the Poon Brothers are on there a lot, and you want to talk some Kobe, we're kind of here for it because it – it is a weird thing to deal with still, and I think uh, a line that I've been using a lot is that, you know, some people get mad at how other people deal with grief, and for me, there's no playbook on it, and I, I just think people deal with grief differently. I mean, again, I think there's clearly a difference if you're, like I said, we didn't want to come out with that first ep just to, like, capitalize on it. I think that's that's despicable, and I'm not even going to go into some of the TMZ-type stuff. Um, but, uh, I kind of, kind of shook myself with where I was going with that. Um, you know, everyone deals with it differently and, uh, oh, where I was going was the scene outside the Staples Center where people just gather. You don't know why, but you're, you've gathered. Um, and then I think the scene that came out was people, <laughs> they set up a trash can and people were throwing pieces of paper at it and taking shots and yelling Kobe 
And again, that's the as weird as it gets when you zoom out from everything. It's bizarre. And I think a video leaked out uh, the other day. There was a, a young girl, and they had like one of the mini basketball hoops, and she was doing it. She made two in a row. Two in a row. The crowd was going nuts. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's as weird as it gets. It's as weird as it gets when you zoom out. Um, but you know, everybody's different, and at the same time, you totally get it. You totally, totally get it, and uh, yeah, the uh, the sadness goes on. I mean, you know, the the NBA didn't really know what to do. Uh, nobody did. Nobody still does, and uh, it's it's tough. And it'll it'll be interesting to see how the years go on. And it's, I I think me and the talking Knicks guys got hit pretty hard. Uh, minus big baby David, he's, he's a big baby. Um, Greg a little too. Greg's always been our little brother, so I'll, I'll put him down right now. But a lot of us just turned 30, uh, and it's kind of fun. You're, you're starting to, you're at a, a quarter life crisis, a midlife crisis. Some, I, I guess the crisis in between there where, you know, we're, we've got buddies with kids now and we've got buddies who are married and you're starting to, you just zoom out on stuff, and I, I don't want to big time anyone, but you picture, you know, uh, you, you can picture your young ones and showing them Kobe highlights or, you know, how, how someone would point to us and point at Bill Russell and be like, that that dude was a <laughs> awesome guy on the court. Uh, so, yeah, that's, that's enough on Kobe. I, I'm sure we will probably end up doing a little bit uh, later, later in the week with all the guys, uh, just cause it's, I mean, it'll be a week out and, uh, you know, it, I, I think we'll have more perspective. We might not. Cause I, I don't know what more perspective we can get. It's, uh, it's as bad as it gets. So, uh, from there, <laughs> as bad as it gets, uh, that does unfortunately segue us to our New York Knicks a little bit. And, I've I'll I'll be honest with you guys. I've been a little more detached from the Knicks lately. We've we've been doing awesome stuff at John Boy Media. I think I gave this speech a little bit last time, but we we officially have an office. Um I'm moving to New York in about a month. Um crazy excited. Hopefully hopefully get to some some Knicks games and maybe meet up with with some some of you people that are listeners. That'd be a lot of fun. Maybe we'll do a, a mini Knicks event or so. That'd be a lot of fun. I like that. But uh I've been pretty detached from the Knicks, and for good reason, right? Uh, it, it's tough. It, it's tough to settle in and even watch a game some nights uh, just because you know there's going to be these, I won't say gut-wrenching moments, but th- these plays and, you know, down 20 late. I I remember I got mad at myself the other night, uh, and I this is how I wrote it in my notes. I said, the New York Knicks are awful. I got excited about Mike Miller being a head coach because he was six and eight. He was six and eight as he took over as interim head coach, and I was excited about that. I was genuinely stoked, which at the moment I laughed at a little bit because I was like, this is so ridiculous. I'm stoked about a coach going six and eight. As I zoom out even more and not losing a game by 25 points, that's what I was happy about. Uh, we are now, if I did the math right, I think 9-18 and 18 under Miller, which is progress because I believe Fisdale got fired at 4-18. and 18. Um, But if I do some quick math right now, so 3-10 and 10 in our last 13, 
Um, I mean, it's 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 awful. Um, I, I was on the basketball reference and I was looking at it, and there's so many ways you could cut up how how bad this season has gotten. Uh, and it's crazy to think back earlier in the season. Uh, you know, hey, Wayne Ellington, what what's he gonna do for us? Uh, Marcus Morris, who we'll we'll talk about in a second. Um, I don't know. I I I've been pretty low on the Knicks. I I've been taking it out on the internet the past couple days. I mean, the fire Dolan chants uh, were kind of my highlight of the season so far because it was loud. Um, it was loud, and. You know, at the end of the day, like, yes, uh, people are people are people. A person is a person, and James Dolan is a human. Um, but <laughs> I think the job he's done with the, the Knicks is, you know, nothing less than as bad as an owner in sports, you know, uh, the worst. So when I hear the garden chanting that, I actually, uh, I got a little excited um, and I think that needs to happen more um, because there's just nothing else you could point at anymore. Um, and you know what? We were pointing at it a while back, but we just, you know, you, you're saying, you know, it's a player, player-driven player league and blah, blah, blah. Let's get some picks going. Um, he's the problem. He needs to go. At, at You know, you're not hearing news from me, but uh, if you are going to Knicks game, you know, root for the guys if they're in a game. Like, let's not distract from that. I'm still root for the players. They're out there to play basketball. Uh, hey, if game's ending in a blowout, uh, I mean, let it rip. Because uh, he needs to sell the team. That's uh, I, I've been pretty locked into that for a while. The team itself is currently 28th in offensive efficiency, efficiency 25th. Uh, in defensive efficiency, let me make sure I got that right. Uh, yes, yes, that is right. Um, God, and it's, uh, I mean, it's just brutal. We we see some of the John Morant show. He goes off last night as we're hoping for Frank to get off the bench. We find out he's hurt after the game, uh, but it <laughs> wouldn't have been a shock otherwise, right? Um, and that's where, so I, I'll go full reset, and this is, you know, you, you've heard different versions of this speech throughout the season, but what what did we expect this year? I, I mean, if literally everything went perfectly, if Fizdale was an incredible coach that somehow would have happened instead of the worst coach in the league, if Barrett was the chosen one, if, you know, Frank had it all figured out, if Mitch Robb took a leap, if Knox was great, if Marcus Morris was a, a solid glue piece, which he's kind of been better than, well, again, we'll, we'll get to him and his his girly actions in a little bit, if you will. Um, if everything came together, you know, w- what were the Knicks going to be? The nine seed? Um, you know, <laughs> maybe maybe a, a hellacious eight seed if, if there was a ton of injuries in the East. So so you do have to zoom out, and it, it just sucks that we're this bad. Um, but let's, let's go back to the drawing board, because this is it. So it's... Okay, the goal coming into the season was the young guys getting better and being good. R.J. Barrett is still a win at this point. Um, All things considered, you know, we were laughing an episode earlier in the season. Was he getting too many minutes? His minutes are down to 31. um, And then we laughed at ourselves saying, if if the Knicks' problem is their talented rookie only playing too many minutes, that's the best problem in Knicks' recent history. So let's keep that rolling. 
we jump to the other guys. And so his numbers have come down a little bit. Um, I, I had them pulled up. Let me see. So R.J. Barrett, 31.2 minutes per game. He started 41 out of 41 games. Uh, missed a couple there. Uh, Three-point percentage, uh, 33% on three-and-a-half attempts. I mean, we'll take that. We did not know what his shot would be coming into the league. Uh, he's 39% overall on 13 attempts. Not great. Uh uh, the free throw percentage is still weird, 60% on four and a half attempts. Uh, 14, five, and two and a half assists. Uh, one steal per night. Good for you, RJ. Uh, yeah, and uh, I, I was a little shocked when I saw the assists were down to two and a half because I, I still like my RJ Barrett um, as almost a pass-first player. Uh, so that makes me nervous. But again, all things considered, with the Knicks, with RJ, with <laughs> with everything... Uh, 14, five and two and a half as a rookie. Uh, I mean, RJ Barrett is still a win to some degree. Although, uh, John Morant, uh, <laughs> threw it in our face a little bit. Uh, and I guess Alfred Payton threw, threw something. He threw Jay Crowder, but let's go through the other young guys. And this is where things get troublesome for me. Mitch Robb, uh, I don't think you call it a loss, but I don't think you could call it a win. Uh, I mean, you compare compare the numbers year over year, and and there's really not that much change. Um, he is leading the league in field goal percentage, which is awesome. Um, but he's averaging like nine and six, and so again, that's that's when we've been zoomed into the Knicks, and we're like, Mitch Rob is this awesome win. Um, you know, second round pick. This is great. And he's still super young, and like I, I looked at Clint Capella's numbers earlier. His first year, he did absolutely nothing. His second year, um, he was like seven points per game or so, and then he really started to blossom and become Clint Capella. So I, I can't get too lost in the Mitch Robb story because he is very young, he's a big, and he's figuring things out. Um, but, I mean, to say Mitchell Robinson's season is a crazy win, I don't think you can do that yet. Um, I, I don't think we're anywhere close to that. It's not a loss. It's not a win. Um, you know, Mitch Robb is going up on the chart um, gradually, and, you know, yet I, I guess we're looking at next year uh, as that should be his takeoff year. We'll, we'll talk a little bit more about him in a second. Uh, so I, I'm not even going to deep dive on this, and please reach out to me at Talking Jake and tell me if I'm wrong. Frank Knox, Dennis Smith Jr., Damian Dotson, Alonzo Trier. Can you call any of those guys a win this season? Can we say that the Knicks are getting trampled and it's a bad season, we are not winning games, but man, Lonzo Trier still looks really good. Uh, Damian Dotson, he's had flashes, but he's also got DNPs this year. Dennis Smith Jr. looks, looks broken. He threw a ball just straight out of bounds the other day. Um... Kevin Knox, I, I mean, the Twitter got loud on him as as of late. Um, and then Frankie Smokes, everyone knows. I mean, you know, he, he's nicked up the other day. Uh, he has these moments where he's a defensive wizard and he can dribble a little, pass a little, shoot a little. Uh, he has times when he looks when he looks bad. And, I mean, Frank, Frank Nilekina, and I know, uh, you know, these stats get overlooked, but stats are stats are stats. That's that's my Jakey hot take of the day. Frank is averaging six points a game, three assists, and two rebounds in 21 minutes. 
dice it up however you want. Um, it's not good. It's it's not good. It's not a win. Uh, Kevin Knox, he's averaging seven points per game and three rebounds, one assist, eighteen minute, nineteen minutes per night. Uh, he's he is now shooting thirty three percent from three. Um, so that's tough. Frank is thirty two percent from free. Uh, Damian Dotson again. He he has these nice flashes, but what what's he right now? He's a seven point seven point per game fl- player and nothing else really. Seventeen minutes a night. These guys aren't even playing. Dennis Smith Jr. I'm not reading the stats. Alonzo Trier. I shouldn't have started with him. I guess, but he's not playing either. And at least he's a guy that you know what he is. I mean, he's a guy that hey, if you want to throw him out there for twenty five minutes, he could get ten shots and make seven of them one night and two of them the next. Um, and you know, a, a lot of teams can use a dude like that. Uh, and he's, I mean, he's lost. He's played 20 games this season, one start. And, uh, that's where things get really sad. Cause it's, what's the goal? And we're coming up on the trade deadline. Like I mentioned, it is a week away. Um, so expect us to be talking more about that and expect Marcus Morris rumors who, uh, you know, in classic Knicks fashion, definitely, uh, definitely improved his his stock by saying soft, very soft, woman-like, referring to Jay Crowder's basketball game, which is a good way to piss literally everyone off. Um, he apologized instantly after, but you just you have to be better than that. And no, do I think that really affects his trade stock? No, um, but. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what the trade stock is. Because what if the Knicks don't get that first pick that's rumored? Which I, I think they can. I mean, end of the first round. Uh, he's getting 19 points per game. He's shooting well from three. He can play defense. Um, You know, what What about the other pieces? I'm, I'm seeing articles where teams are like, yeah, we should still go get Frank. His defense looks great. We'll teach him how to play offense. And, you know, that's I feel like that's a mindset a lot of teams have about a lot of different young players that have the length and uh, the body and can play defense, and sometimes they figure it out, sometimes they don't. Um, right now for the Knicks, who knows? Uh, who knows if there's something big in the pipeline? Um, I doubt it. Uh, I But I also hit this point where I had a, I had a weird realization that Marcus Morris, what if you don't get the first-round pick offer? Are they going to keep him? Are they going to let him go out there the rest of the season and get his 20 points and call it? Because guess what? The young guys are losing out. And we said, okay, if they try to do this to the trade deadline, then after, they better run the young guys out there. And if he is still on this team, he's going to be playing. He's going to be playing. And that's bad news for Knox, Frank, Dotson, whoever whoever is still here, and I need to see those guys play because I need to know if there's something. I need to. I need to. And maybe I can't find that out on the Knicks. I don't know, and it sucks, and it it drives me nuts. But, uh, I mean, Marcus Morris has to be traded. I had this realization just a minute ago because of the young guys. So even if it is a second-round pick and we're not happy about it, you kind of have to because we have to find out what these other dudes are, and I... I don't know. I just I feel like a broken record at this point of the season when it comes to the Knicks. I feel like every year I should track my Knicks emotions. Like before the season, um 
you know, not not really excited. A couple things I want to watch for. Right when the season starts, hyper excited. I am so stoked. I'm about to get locked in, locked in on these Knicks. Uh, then heartbreak, depression, sadness, misery, uh, all of them. Uh, a little bit of chaos mixed in somewhere. Who knows what it could be. Um, and speaking of a little bit of chaos, and here we are at the trade deadline hoping to get something. Um, <laughs> this is an emotion I'm familiar with and, and don't always, don't always get a return on. Rarely don't. We got the KP trade last year and we didn't really flip anything else. Cut canner, uh, nothing for Noah Vonley, our guy. So this is where I also sunk into. It was the first time I really looked at the upcoming draft. Um, and I don't know, uh, one, something that's made me a little sad this year, and it has been with the busyness and success of the company as a whole, uh, college basketball has, has, hasn't been as prevalent in my life as it normally is. Cause I diehard UConn Husky fan and they're in a kind of tough spot right now with their conference and where that program is at. So it's been tough to get locked in there and, you know, just throw on the random Big Ten game or, you know, the late night Pac-12 game. I haven't really been able to do that lately, so I don't don't have as many scouting reports as I as I have in the past. Right now, I know last year I said it was a three man draft and I don't want to get fully caught in that again. Uh, Anthony Edwards, he's he's a semi consensus number one for a lot of people. Six uh, five guard at Georgia. Um, interesting player. Don't really know. Um, you know, I don't have the full scouting report. I see like, you know, he's kind of got those combo guard comparisons. I've, you know, Dwayne Wade light Donovan Mitchell type stuff. Um, Hey, it'd be cool to have that Donovan Mitchell guy. Anyways, uh, Anthony Edwards, James Wiseman, the big man who was at Memphis, uh, watched him play a couple times. He was pretty awesome. Um, but he's currently basically suspended from the school, suspended from the NCAA, um, which isn't really his fault. Who knows what Memphis was really doing? The kid just wanted to play basketball. Looks like a really talented big man, but what you know? Again, what does that mean in today's NBA? Um, you know, that would be interesting if he's the pick. And then you know, do we do we trade Mitch Rob? Do we trade the pick? That becomes a fun conversation. And then where we'll land today? Uh, number three, I'm seeing on the current big board, Lamelo Ball. People, Lamelo Ball, the brother of Lonzo. Uh, and D'Angelo, am I getting that right? Uh, son of LeVar. Um, you know, we, if you're a basketball person, you've seen the highlights of him since he's been young, pulling up from midcourt. Uh, the ball lifestyle, my word. Um, he's played in where? Lithuania, um, Australia. Um, who knows? He, you know, we, we, I think there's uh, him pulling up from midcourt. I think there's a highlight of that, talking junk to someone and banging a shot. And wouldn't that be uh, some some fun New York Knicks stuff if LaMelo Ball ended up in New York? Um, I, I can't even imagine. There's some guys after that, Cole Anthony, Obi Toppin from Dayton. Saw one of his interviews, fun kid. Who really knows? I was going through some of the most recent drafts, and it's uh, – I don't know, not as many big standouts as you picture um, coming through, but I, I'd say this year right now there's nobody on top of the draft that really screams screams out and you're like, wow, that that dude is going to be you know NBA All-Star 10 years running. Uh, we'll see. So that's that was just a little reach into the future. Um, I don't know. I don't know. 
I I appreciate everyone who's listening. Um, God, it's tough. If if you go to a game and the Knicks are in it, have fun. If you're at a Knicks game and they are not in it, don't be shy to to sell that team, baby. Um, because that's where we're at, and it uh as as usual, it sucks. Um, brutal week for the NBA. Brutal week for the world. I mean, it's Kobe Bryant. He's a special dude. Um, special dude. Uh. So, yeah, that was a little Kobe. That was a little Knicks. Um, if you listen to this um, and you want to leave a review, that'd be incredible. appreciate that. Always appreciate going solo. Um, you know, don't want to steal the, the mic from the other talking Knicks guys. Um, and I appreciate going solo because uh, so, so many of my idols that are in sports media are able to do this, and it kind of blows my mind. Um, so I, I like to think every time I do, I get a step better and uh, – uh, you know, just <laughs> 1% every day. Right. So thanks everyone. Uh, we'll, we'll see you Sunday night slash Monday morning and, uh, let's go next, I guess. <laughs>